This is the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness. I'm your host, Andrea Ritter. Thank you for joining. Today on the podcast, Andrea talks to Terry Fox about cosmetic acupuncture and how treating the body holistically can make you beautiful from the inside out. Chinese medicine. What's this ancient, beautiful uh, medicine? What is the what is the tweet? What is, what is a tweet of what Chinese medicine is? Ooh. To put it short and sweet, I guess it would be the traditional form of Chinese medicine that's been used for 5,000 years, including acupuncture, massage therapy, herbal medicine, uh, dietetics, and energy-enhancing exercise, qigong. Interesting. So qigong is a part of Chinese medicine. Yes. I did not realize that. Very interesting. I kind of looked at it like as a separate sort of entity. Yeah, that's the that's the exercise part of okay. the medicine. Okay, cool. So with Chinese medicine, you may or may not perform, I don't know if that's the right word, you may not may or may not do acupuncture on people, or is acupuncture always a part of Chinese medicine? The medicine itself is geared towards how the individual presents. So in some cases, acupuncture might not be appropriate. Massage might be more appropriate, or herbs might be more appropriate, or exercise might be more appropriate. So yeah, acupuncture is used a lot because it helps treat a lot of different things, but is it something that you use every single time when you see a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner? Not necessarily. Okay. Good to know. So what? how did you get into working on the aesthetics um, with Chinese medicine? Because, I mean, you know, we think about when, when I think about Chinese medicine, I'm like, you know, I do think about the herbal component. I always think about acupuncture, always thinking about what acupuncture does, which is to clear energy like from the meridians that are running uh how how would you say like north and south in the body most of them run north and south (laughs) (laughs) i know there's one that runs east and west across and i didn't know this until dr megan um gray she was talking and she amazing she's my girl um she was talking to me about this whole midline thing and she's like, no one's ever addressed that with you? And I said, no. And she's like, well, that's kind of like the source of your supply. And I was like, wait a minute. How, how am I just figuring this out? So so what does that one do, the one that runs across? That one is, we call it the belt channel because it runs right basically around the midline just like the belt. And it connects all of the other meridians together And so it has a lot to do with kind of allowing energy to flow up and down through the body, but also it does a lot to control the low back, the hips, the waist. And so if there's low back issues, well, we go to the belt channel to help open that up. If I've got folks that say, well, yeah, I got one leg that's longer than the other. Well, if their hips are out of balance, a lot of times I'll go to the belt channel 
and address that and we'll see a shift in their hips. So simply by simply, and I put that in quotes, (laughs) simply by um, doing acupuncture, which is placing these little micro needles into people, um, into the system, the meridian system. We don't have to get into how you do that. People can dig a little deeper for that. But like when you're talking about you know, putting the needles in to clear the channels of energy to potentially balance someone's hips. Like, how does that even happen? The body is an amazing thing. And I work primarily through Chinese medicine theory. So as far as how to explain it through Western medicine, I I think we're still trying to figure out the exact mechanisms as to how and why acupuncture works because you're trying to talk about how and why energy is what it is and works the way it works and how you can transmute it by, you know, sticking something into a point that might be blocked. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The idea is we're, we're creating balance and the best way that acupuncture was described to me being a small town kid from Wyoming growing up on a cattle ranch was We look at the body like a field where we're growing crops. And in order to have healthy crops, we have to have an irrigation system. So we put ditches through that field. And then we run water through the ditch. And the idea is you have the appropriate amount of flow through your irrigation system and your crops thrive. If you don't have that proper flow, something blocks the ditch, well, then the crops don't get the water they need. The crops burn up and die. Or if you've got too much water flowing through a ditch, well, then you flood your crops out and you've got problems that way. There has to be an appropriate balance. And that's the way it is with the energy flow in the body from a Chinese medicine perspective, is we want the appropriate amount of energy running through those channels. And it's my job as an acupuncturist to figure out where the imbalances are. Is there too much? Is there too little? Where are the blockages? What are the blockages? And then we use points to essentially redirect the flow to rebalance it so that we get the appropriate flow in the body. It's about creating balance. So, you know, we're talking all about age and vitality and how we can live our best lives and what do we need to do now as, you know, 30, 40, 50, on up to however old, 70s, 80s. How can we live our most vital life? And, you know, as women, we really, most of us, whether it shows or not, really care about how we look. And, you know, there's a billion, billions and billions of dollar business um, in in the aesthetic uh, market, not only skincare, but also, um, you know, different um, enhancers that, you know, might make our faces look a lot younger or our lines go away. So, you know, we're talking about Botox and fillers and implants and like all these things. And, you know, we're just all trying to do our best. So we all want to look good. We all want to feel good. And so when we feel, when we look good, a lot of times that helps us feel good. 
my thoughts around that are, you know, I've gone back and forth. I have a lot of friends who do stuff and I think that that's totally great. And that's their business and they're beautiful and that they're doing them. And so I'm not trying to change anyone's perception. I am. The reasons why I have not done anything is because I'm concerned with the chemicals that are in these different um, enhancers and what those chemicals will do on a long-term basis. And like, you know, so if, you know, I've started doing this in my late twenties or early thirties and then I, you know, and I never stop. What, what does that actually do to my physiology? The simple answer to that is, well, in long term, we don't know. <laughs> Which is precisely my point. Yes, there there aren't that many studies out there. It's becoming more studied. And uh, especially with Allergan and the, the maker of Botox, they're really ramping up their media campaign right now to start targeting 20-year-olds, which means there's also teens uh, looking at this as well. There are teens getting Botox now preventatively they're being told okay well if you paralyze these facial muscles just a little bit while you're while you're young and you continue to do that then these wrinkles won't form and so you'll have a smoother face over time the problem with botox at least that we've seen so far in the studies that have come out is that because we're freezing the facial muscles, Botox paralyzes these muscles. It's a toxin. It's it's a natural toxin derived. Isn't it botulism? Yes, it's derived from botulism. Delicious. Yeah. So I mean, would you really, eat that? Oh hell no! Poisonous, poisonous stuff. It's it, in my opinion, it's definitely not something that belongs in the body. But uh, at least for cosmetic purposes. I mean, Botox can definitely be used in some therapeutic situations. Because isn't that why they started with Botox was to help people? Like there was something with pain or headaches. Like I know my husband's uncle, they injected Botox into his neck to see if like he could get rid of some mm-hmm. pain that he had. So that's how it was being used initially? Yeah. Yeah, it can be used for headaches, although I've had some patients say, yeah, it actually helped me, and other patients say, no, it actually made my headaches worse. I've seen it used, I had a stroke patient where Mm -hmm. his uh, poor hand was just curled up like a claw, and he would see me, and I would help loosen up that arm and hand, but he did try the Botox as well, and that actually helped release some as well. So in that regard, you know, Botox can be great in, excuse me, certain situations therapeutically. But as far as the cosmetic work, what we're seeing in these studies is that when the facial muscles are frozen, then it limits our expression, the way that we express our emotions. And so it begins to disrupt human communication. We subconsciously, as people, we read one another's faces. And we pick up so much information Mm -hmm. just by unconsciously seeing the muscles contract on someone else's face. We get a lot of information from that. And so when you're talking to somebody who's had Botox... 
their messages that they're trying to get across do not come across as clearly. And this is part of the reason why Hollywood <laughs> is starting to look down on Botox because these I feel stars, like they're the ones who started it, though. Well, yes. Because like they, they want all these people to look like they're 14 and not aged and expressionless and, and to be cookie cutters of one another. Like, how many stars have I seen? I'm like... Oh, that looks like a young version of that star. Like, it's like they're manufacturing these people. Yeah. What's been found is that it's hard for these actors who get so Botoxed up to actually act. <laughs> <laughs> to, to create emotions on their face in these scenes that they're getting paid for. And so they've started using less Botox. And started seeing cosmetic and aesthetic acupuncturists in in their areas so that they can look younger but still create good facial expression to convey these emotions that they need to convey on screen. And so it becomes kind of a double-edged sword for them because, well, yeah, we want to look younger, but we want to keep our job <laughs> as an actor. So what are we like, really, if we get to like, what's the root of this? Why are we so obsessed with looking like we did when we were 14? I mean, I feel like I've earned though. I will say Colorado has made my skin crack and black is not supposed to crack. And I'm like, <laughs> um, why is my 68 year old mother without a freaking wrinkle and I'm like over here dry like a stinking bone. I mean, as I like asking the question, like why why are we so obsessed with with not aging or not looking our age? Like what is that even about? That's a good question. And I really wish I had an answer for that. Uh, I think our culture is very much youth obsessed. And, is it our fear of death, well, do you think? I definitely think that plays into it. Uh, the Chinese have a saying that you get the face you're born with, <laughs> but over time you earn your face. I love that. And so in your in your 20s, your teens and 20s, you're, you're starting to figure things out. Within your 20s and 30s, you're earning your face. And by the time you're in your 40s and 50s, you've earned it. So every one of these lines that shows up on your face is written there because of some kind of emotion that you experience on a regular basis. So, for example, these lines, the very common lines, the 11s, the brow lines yeah. uh, in between the eyebrows that go up and down. Some people just have one or some people have two. These, for example, come from the emotions of irritation, anger. Oh, dear. I um, have two. I have the 11. <laughs> dear God. It also comes from really intense focus and concentration. That's also part Let's of what the that. liver does in, <laughs> in Chinese medicine. When we get really focused on something, well, then those brows start to clinch. When we get irritated or angry, those brows start to clinch. And the more you do that clinching motion, the more it starts to write those lines in the musculature and then eventually on the skin. So, so really our energy. Yes. Our emotional energy 
and maybe, you know, traumas or joys or whatever, that's really what shows up on our face. Yes, which is why it's so important for us to really be in touch with ourselves and knowing how to express and process our own emotions. And that's something I have to chat with my clients about when we do the work is, okay, we start treating these lines. There may be some of these emotions that do come up for you. Interesting. Because there, there is a strong body-mind connection, and especially with the face. Again, with, with the Botox, uh, when you paralyze, say, again, that area where the 11s are, well, you also start to stifle emotionally that expression of irritation and anger. Interesting. And so that gets stuffed or put away somewhere else in the body. And there are studies showing that people don't necessarily feel as irritated or angry or uh, the last study I read uh, said putting Botox in that area helps depression. Oh, interesting. Depression is really just suppressed anger in a lot of ways. Mm. (laughs) So there there are folks saying, well, yeah, Botox actually helps depression. Well, in my opinion, no, it actually just suppresses the feeling of it. You're, you're masking it. Right. And so, but Botox, God bless them. I mean, I'm not, we're not coming up against the Botox company. I mean, they're doing what they do. No, you do what you have to do. They're a pharmaceutical company though. Mm-hmm. And, and traditionally, I mean, we love Western medicine because Western medicine saves lives. And so we're thankful for that. So it's not a bash on Western medicine. I probably say this in every podcast, because <laughs> I want to make sure that like people understand that we love Oh, yes. What, I mean, thank God for Western medicine. However, this is a pharmaceutical company, and in a lot of cases, though some pharmaceuticals do save lives, some pharmaceuticals are designed for that specific masking versus a functional approach to healing. Yes. Yeah. I always tell my patients every medicine has its strengths and its weaknesses. Acupuncture is not the end-all and be-all. It's great in certain situations. Modern medicine excels in others. I mean, I, I wouldn't be treating cancer. I, my, my son had cancer, had leukemia. I took him to an oncologist. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I didn't treat him for cancer with acupuncture and herbs. I helped him go through his therapy and support him through yeah. that because that's where the strength lies in, in my medicine. Amen. But, so, yeah, this isn't about bashing pharmaceuticals by any stretch of the imagination. I just always like to say that because I don't want to be, I want people to know like where we're coming from. I don't want that ever to be misconstrued. Um, so I just think it's important to, to state that piece of the puzzle. So where did you get the notion to, so you're, you do acupuncture and, and where did you, get this calling to get into the aesthetic side of, of acupuncture. Cause it's really stinking brilliant. I love it. Yeah. It's um, well, it's, it's been a process. Uh, part of the journey came when I was 10 years old and I ended up uh, getting a baseball accident. I took, uh, I tried to catch a pop fly, missed it and took a pretty good baseball in the eye 
And a few days later, ended up developing Bell's palsy. Mm. And I don't know if you know what Bell's palsy I is. Do. Okay, for your listeners, it's a, it's a one sided facial paralysis due to damage of the facial nerve. And so I, I went through that, and it really gave me an insight as to okay, when you were ten, when I was ten years old, dear Lord. Just getting in from fifth, into sixth grade, so it was that middle school oh time when the worst, time. you know, when you want to fit in with everybody. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, I, I I didn't fit in very well in that regard, but luckily, um, it, at that time in Wyoming, we didn't we didn't have any acupuncturists or anybody like that that could help me out. But we had a physical therapist who encouraged me to do a lot of massage on my face to keep those muscles from atrophying. And I was um, given steroids. And eventually, it got better. I still have some residual facial weakness from that. Uh, My right eye tends to squint a little bit more. Uh, The lid sags a little bit. I have a hell of a time blowing up balloons. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, overall, I mean, most people would look at me and go, yeah, you look you like, look like a normal Joe. But it gives me that insight when it comes to really looking at yourself in the mirror and going, oh, you know, I, do, I don't like what I see. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what that feeling's like. So there was that part of it. I don't and, think a lot of men admit that. P.S. I think that's a big thing. It that takes some, I guess, self confidence and and courage in being vulnerable. Oh, um, look at that! <laughs> look at that! Yeah, uh, it's 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 about owning your authenticity and yeah. warts and all, really. Yeah. And for most of us guys, we don't we don't like to do that, and that's something I've had to work on personally. Growing up in cowboy culture in Wyoming, I mean. Well, you don't want to. You don't want to show people your weakness. You want to show people your strength. But the problem with that is, is that you start projecting yourself as Superman. Right. Well, nobody can relate to Superman. I mean, he's he's an alien for a reason. Right. Nobody nobody can really relate to him. Whereas if you share, yeah, you know what, I'm weak here. Or, yeah, you know what? I really messed that up over here in this part of my life. Well, guess what? All of us are human. All of us mess up. All of us make mistakes. All of us have weaknesses. And when you can share that, then that creates more relationship Mm -hmm. between the two. And then you can actually have a genuine conversation with someone. Yes. Oh, that, that like we, you just touched on like four other podcast topics that we could dive into. So Terry will be back. We'll be talking about men and vulnerability um, <laughs> in, the, in the coming months. Um, so that's a little plug for the future. But so, so you really had to address yourself, like the core of your being as a young man. And then that obviously stayed with you Mm -hmm. because even if your face healed, you still were probably conscious of like, you know, what's going on with, with, with that. Very much so. And then you became an acupuncturist. Yes. Did you do traditional acupuncture? Just, I mean, and by traditional, I mean, just like more of that therapeutic approach on people um, Mm -hmm. in the beginning? Yeah, the way I started out, uh, my mom was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 17. 
That led me to go to massage therapy school, which gave me my first exposure to Chinese medicine theory and acupressure and Japanese shiatsu and applied kinesiology. And I really loved that stuff. And I ended up getting a job at the hospital in Laramie, Wyoming, and helped start the first hospital-based massage therapy program there. And I was using acupressure on patients and seeing some just amazing results. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, wow, if I knew how to do this like an acupuncturist, these people might not even be in here. So when that program ended, that led me to go to the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine learn acupuncture and I really I wanted to alleviate pain Mm -hmm. because I I went there to learn more about how I could help my mom and so I started learning a lot about musculoskeletal work and and alleviating pain sports injuries that kind of thing and my big mentor Doc Ron Rosen taught a lot of that but then he also taught this Cosmetic acupuncture. Well, anything Doc was teaching, I wanted to learn. And so I was one of, I think uh, I may have been one of the very last people that Doc taught. Uh, He also taught Martha Lucas and Denise Ellinger, and they took his technique and added to it. And that became Mei Zen cosmetic acupuncture, which is one of the most popular styles of cosmetic acupuncture okay. out there. I mean, even Oprah has had Maisen acupuncture. So I started doing Doc's style. The only thing was is that Doc was disdainful of it. And he told me, don't, don't do this. He said, you stick, you stick to treating pain and do, do the medicine. He said, this work this works just an appeal to vanity, but I do it because I can charge more for it. And then it, it, it helps me fund my humanitarian projects. <laughs> and he had a lot of humanitarian projects that guy did. So I bought into that for a while and I, I didn't do the work for quite a while. Just I kept treating pain. But eventually I had a business coach say, well, why aren't you doing this? You need to, you need to reevaluate and I thought, well, you know, I, you're right. I, I don't have to work with vain people. This doesn't have to be about narcissism. This really is more about self-care, self-love, and self-cultivation. Because everybody cares how they look. Yes. It, I mean, even my <laughs> husband's 80-year-old aunt, who is a nun, Like she, you know, everybody cares how they look because it reflects, it reflects what's inside of us. I mean, you, Terry, you guys will see Terry. He's always looking sharp and like, and I bet this makes the way you dress like this is, you feel good. Show it up. If you came over here in sweatpants and a torn up t-shirt, like my husband, you know, who doesn't think about how he looks actually, he does not, um, you know, I mean, it's a different vibration. So You know, we do all care. Yes. On some level, how we look, whether we can put it together or not, is a whole other story. Yep. We all want to look our best. And so I decided, you know, this is this is something that not many acupuncturists do. It takes additional training. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't teach it in TCM schools. 
they, they teach you the basics of the medicine. And then if you want to learn more of the aesthetic cosmetic side, you've got to go and get additional training. So I, I trained with Doc Rosen. I trained with Denise Ellinger. Uh, I've trained with Mary Elizabeth Wakefield. And I'm looking to continue to train with other teachers as well, just because it's so fascinating for me. And I love the fact that I can have a woman come in, we do one treatment, and the work's subtle. I mean, it's not like a facelift or, or Botox. I mean, it's not that immediate, but still, I can have a woman come in, receive one treatment, look in the mirror, and see change in her face. So what does it actually do? Say, say I'm trying to deal with the, the 11s, the beautiful 11s I have on my face. And, you know, I mean, I don't think I, I don't have a lot of um, lines on my forehead, but just pretend I had lines on my forehead and I had the 11. Okay. You do acupuncture on my face. What is happening that is making that shift occur? Okay. That uplift, if you I'll, will. I'll give you kind of the rundown on, on how we do things. I have you come in and we do a full initial intake. And this is holistic medicine. So it's we talk about your diet, your lifestyle, your emotional life, your medical history, because it all plays in together. Then I do body needling first off. Because this treats your constitution. It treats your health in general. So you want to clear out the pathways of the body before you even get into the face. Yes. Okay. Yep. Because health is beauty, plain and simple. Amen. Yeah. So, Amen. <laughs> so without addressing the health aspect, uh, what the hell are we, what are we doing? We're, we're wasting your money. We're wasting your Pretty time. Pretty face with a rotten body. Exactly. <laughs> and, not going to work. Yeah, no, it's not going to last. So I want these treatments to last. So we want to get you healthy, which is one of the distinctions between this work and going and receiving something like Botox, because Botox definitely doesn't improve your health. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a plain fact. So we do the body needling, and then we go about the facial needling. And the same treatment, or do you do same same, same, same day? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so what we're doing is, in Chinese medicine, we would call it treating the root and the branch. I love that. So we're treating your core health, and then we're treating the face, which is showing what's going on in your body. In traditional Chinese medicine, we have different ways of diagnosing the body. One of them is uh, feeling the pulse. Another one's looking at the tongue. But there are also facial diagnostics. So depending upon whether there's a lot of redness in your skin, well, that can mean there's systemic inflammation. Mm -hmm. Or if there's certain colors in the face, dark circles under the eyes, for example. What's that Um, mean? I just noticed yesterday. I was like, do I have dark circles? I don't think I've ever had this. What's going on? Those lower areas underneath the eye can correspond to the kidneys. In traditional Chinese medicine, the kidneys are considered to be like the batteries of the body. Okay. And so when your batteries are running low, those dark circles can show up. Uh, That area, too, relates also to the spleen. So if there's puffiness there, then that means that the spleen 
in Chinese medicine terms, isn't doing a good enough job of separating the good, clean, clear energy of the body from the damp, turbid, murky energy okay. of the body. And so then we would look to basically give the spleen a boost so it can do its job and help the body move those fluids out. It, it uh, becomes more of an issue of lymphatic drainage. And so there are different points that we can do to work with that. But yeah, so we can look at the face and see different things about your health and about your emotions. Like I said, every line tells, tells a story. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about that, Lillian Bridges has an amazing book called Traditional Chinese Medicine Face Reading. And then uh, Patrician McCarthy is another face reading guru who I actually had on my podcast not too long ago, but she's got a book called The Face Reader. And there oh, are that's cool. There are, I mean, such neat stuff. How the ancient Chinese figured all this out, I'm I still don't know, but <laughs> it they gives weren't. you such an insight into people once you realize what these lines mean. Yeah. And why these people develop these lines on their face you can make some pretty astute judgments uh, regarding how how people have lived their lives mm. and what sort of emotional issues they're dealing with mm-hmm. and how you can help them. I love that. So, you know, I come in, I want to treat my face, and then I get this whole body regeneration. And you're so you're really... Th- it's almost like the the aesthetic piece is is simply like the icing on the cake, really. Yes. Because you're getting so much more um, to enhance your skin. I talked to someone yesterday who had um, some facial acupuncture, and she said she did like a ten week session, and that she she's like said the the change was significant. Um, so that would be really cool if we could share some, if you, I don't know if you have any photos of like befores and after that your people would be comfortable, like, but it'd be cool just to share or, you know, people can find you on Instagram. What's your handle? AccuFox TCM. So A-C-U-F-O-X-T-C-M. And I think yep. you showed me, you have some um, pictures of some befores and afters on mm-hmm. there, um, which would be really cool for people to see. So... Ultimately, it's just, it it really just seems like a very cool thing to try. Um, And, you know, people want to do Botox or fillers or whatever, that's completely their business. And that's not, we're not here to say don't do that. So you do you. However, if you'd like a non-invasive way to enhance not only your skin, but also just balance the energy in your body and get some root cause healing, I mean, this sounds like a really a great twofer, great way to go. I really believe so. I think this is we're we're on the edge of something big here, and I think we're going to see this modality become more and more popular as more studies are done on Botox and fillers, plastic surgeries, and the long term effects of those things. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I mean, if you're dealing with yourself and you're, you're doing all those things that we talked about at the beginning of eating right, um, 
um, exercising, um, dealing with your chi and, and, you know, just getting, just living your best life, whatever that looks like. And, and on that road of health and you feel good and you're happy and, you know, beyond happy, let's go to joy. Like you are, you are allowing yourself to live your most joyful, rich life, whatever that looks like for you, your face is so beautiful and shines that light. And so just go ahead and love that and then get some facial acupuncture just to enhance those lines that you just still don't want to deal with. But like, you know, it really is this beauty is, it really is inside out. You know, I mean, there's nothing like seeing someone who lives that joy that might not be a model. And they're the most beautiful person you've ever seen, regardless of, of, of aesthetics or size or shape or all, all of that. So I think it's a really, really cool way. And people, um, can find you. We'll make sure to share that information and just keep talking about how we can look and feel our best. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Please light us up on social at Wonder Health, and that is Wonder with a U. For more information on the topics we discussed, go to wonderhealth.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and please share with your friends. Go out and shine your light and transform this world.